Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles. The My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles podcast profiles impactful members of our fishing community and beyond. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Well, hello and welcome to our third edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles here on MyFishingCapeCod.com. This is your host, Kevin Collins, back with you for episode number three of the Chronicles in the 2019 podcast season. And we've got a great show for you in store today. We've got a great interview subject about to join us on the phone. His name is Captain Steve Leary of Wingman Charters down in Barnstable, Massachusetts. And he's standing by on the phone set to join us in just a little bit. For those of you that are regular and loyal listeners to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast every Friday, welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles. If you haven't checked us out before, this podcast is a little bit different in terms of the format. Instead of going through three, four, sometimes five guests compiling fishing reports from all over Cape Cod, this podcast, the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles, focuses on an interview subject that has made valuable contributions to the Cape Cod community as well as the Cape Cod fishing community. It's also definitely more conversational than our usual fishing reports on the MFCC podcast, so I hope you enjoy this little change of pace, and thanks for checking us out. So let's dive right into today's podcast and welcome in our guest, Captain Steve Leary, the licensed operator and owner of Wingman Sport Fishing down in beautiful Barnstable Harbor in Lower Cape Cod Bay, Captain Steve, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Great, Kevin. How are you tonight? Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to take a moment right off the top of the podcast to just kind of introduce you, Steve, to our audience. We haven't been fortunate or blessed enough to have you on the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast yet, but I'm going to make sure to fix that. I know the guy that does the scheduling, so we'll make sure to get you in there. But let's just take a few minutes off the top of the show to kind of introduce you to our audience can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and where you got your passion for fishing? Yeah, I'm a Massachusetts native. I grew up in, born and raised in Somerville, Mass. Did my schooling there, um, elementary school and so forth, high school. Uh, got a degree in engineering from Northeastern University. I've been living here now in West Barnesville for a uh, 32nd year. Been traveling to the Cape for at least two weeks every summer since I could walk as a child. So I have a passion for the Cape. Uh, it was our dream to uh, move, move down here, settle, raise a family, and my long-term goal was to uh, get my own charter fishing business going. My charter fishing business going, what I'm doing now at Barnesville Harbor. So, can you talk a little bit about your youth, your growing up? Who who got you into fishing? Who got you the bug? I think I was born with the bug. I recall uh, my little brother and I jumping on our bikes and pedaling to the local cemetery to catch uh, carp and kibby and little ocean little sunfish uh there so we we the two of us have fished forever and my daughter now uh has been fishing with me since she could sit up as a child just loves to be on the boat and as a matter of fact she's going to be my stand-in mate this weekend because my normal mate's got some family business to take care of so i think it's an in blood it may be due to my portuguese background I, some people tell me but uh, i just love to fish and be on the ocean and when you were a child traveling to the cape like you said at least two weeks a year probably in the summer when you got into the saltwater game, were you predominantly fishing for striped bass, or what were you fishing for as a youngster? Didn't know much about game fishing on the Cape. We spent two weeks down on the cottages there uh, you first run into in Provincetown. I just spent my whole day on the beach, you know, banging around, snorkeling, whatever. 
I think uh, once we first moved here, I began to get into the local fishing for bluefish and striped bass and so forth. It took off from there. One of my neighbors has a big seafood supply company here in the Cape, and I just bought a big sport fishing boat and heard about my passion to fish. So he and I began fishing back then, oh, 27 years ago now. Um, still friends, still fish together when we can, although his business, my business is busy. But uh, it's kind of good from that. He really exposed me to the big game end of um, fishing for stripers, if you will, and the rips off Nantucket and the vineyard and then offshore in the canyons for marlin, wahoo, mahi, and all that, and east of the Cape for giant bluefin tuna. So let's go back to you as a youngster still, and you, now you're graduated from Northeastern University, and you're out in the professional world. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of how you got your nickname, Wingman? Well, I want to work for out of Northeastern. I got hired by General Electric Company up in Lynn, their military aircraft engine division. I started working my way, through, my way up through the ranks as an engineer. I always worked with naval aviation programs and the rotary wing helicopter ended it in the f-18 attack fighter uh, that evolved into various roles of increasing responsibility i got it involved in business development and marketing and in the last 15 years i was a director of advanced technology for all of naval aviation spent a lot of time in the aircraft carriers at the land bases and so forth, understand what the end user, they being the pilots and the maintainers and who ran those incredible carriers at sea, what the needs were going to be in the future from GE. And hence, uh, Wingman uh, is a name frequently used in the uh, any, any aviation industry, but particularly military. And so I adopted that for my boat name when I christened it, and it's stuck ever since. That's awesome. And when you were, you know, busy all those years working, I think you mentioned 32 years you spent working for GE. Were you Correct. able were you able to do, you know, some fishing during that time and kind of where did your travels take you while you were fishing? My travels for GE took me to Australia, which I fished there. I fished in Spain, England, Ireland. When I we were pretty busy traveling professionally, but we always managed to find a a way to do it. And I spent a lot of time at the Naval Aviation Warfare Center in Southern Maryland, which is in Chesapeake Bay. So all of my Navy buddies I'm still in contact with fish there daily. And we were down there after work or before work, or we'd always fish for stripers and bluefish down that way. And I've got a list, actually, that, that Ryan was kind enough to, to pass along to me. Of all the different species that you've been able to catch, I'm going to read off just a few of them here. Blue marlin, white marlin, bluefin, big guy, yellowfin, wahoo, mahi-mahi, mako shark. That must have been interesting. False albacore, bonito, striped bass, bluefish, black sea bass, cod, haddock, and the list goes on. You're a really, really experienced angler. And I, I just have to ask, out of all the species that you've targeted in your illustrious career, what's the one that kind of keeps pulling you back? What's, what's your favorite kind of fish to target? Uh, right now, to be honest, I love striped bass fishing, but the one I want to get back to again is blue marlin fishing. It's just unbelievable. It's another whole uh, world out there uh, in the blue waters of the canyons. And I remember the very first time we ever hooked up a, a blue marlin, uh, the rod went off. We didn't see anything. It was just screaming. And then about a quarter mile or so behind the boat, this missile leaped out of the water. And I, I recall back as a kid watching the Wild World of Sports, thinking, here I am living that deal. But yeah, 
uh, blue marlin's got a pretty mystical fish for me. So you just hinted that you spent a lot of time, you know, in your career in the canyons. And it's it's a place I have not been blessed enough to get out to yet. And there's a lot of folks on Cape Cod that I know are like me that, you know, have that on their bucket list is to fish the canyons. And you're an experienced angler out there. Can you just give folks a taste of, of what it's like? You know, you're 100 miles out there. You're, you're in the tropical water which you can't, you can't even really fathom because you might go from, you know, temperature differences of, you know, water that's 50, 55 degrees, then to water that's 75 degrees, depending on where you are. It's just such a, a different environment. And the topography undersea is just so vast, hundreds, if not thousands of feet in difference between where you are and the canyons. Can you just give folks an idea of what it's like to fish in that region? I think in, in one word, in a perfect day, heaven, uh, up in the tower, you know, flat sea, you know, that, that uh, clear blue water. You work along an edge, you're at temperature break. And a normal trip, you're off the dock, you know, 11 or 12 at night, you steam all night, you get there to be set up uh, at pre-dawn, primarily targeting big eye tuna. And you, may, and you could have a 10 or 12 rod spread out there and troll for hours. Now, you've been up you could be up 10 hours with nothing happening, and you start to wonder to yourself, man, I'm tired, what am I doing here? Then, bam, all 10 rods go off at once, and it's craziness. Uh, that is amazing for tuna. Hooking up blue marlin out there is amazing. White marlin, all the big game fish are there. You never know what you're going to run across. You have to be prepared for each and every one of them when it happens. What's your record for how many times you've hooked up at once? Oh, 10 rods, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Pack of... Um, a wolf pack of um, big eye tuna, a pack of uh, um, yellowfin tuna. Typically, the marlin there's single hookups. Uh, they don't need to travel, to my knowledge, or experience traveling packs. So let's get into a, a species that I love to target, uh, and that's bluefin tuna. I just want to ask yeah, right. you a little bit about your your bluefin experience, and I know that your charter business does target bluefin as well. That's correct, right? Yes, we're going to start doing that. Um, Next week, my first bluefin charter. The uh, bluefin have now shown up in lower Cape Cod Bay. I've seen them right off Sandy Neck. Uh, I started, as I said, with my buddy who owns a seafood supply company here in Cape Cod, fishing for bluefin tuna with him out in the in the shipping lanes. He used to chat him, uh, travel, trolling big, um, the big, huge squid rigs, live lining, um, bluefish or trolling rigged uh, dead mackerel. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, I don't want you to give away too many state secrets, but if, if folks were looking to charter you for bluefin, to you know, just give them a taste of the different ways they would be fishing. Right now, I'll be prepared to, I'll tell you, first off, it's a big lesson I learned, that bluefin fishing in the bay and east of Cape Cod are two different fisheries. Uh, and east of the Cape, there's a lot of trolling going on, the top, top water lures, a lot of fish on top with casting to them, but primarily a troll and more and more soaking baits with bluefish and mackerel. The bay is primarily a, uh, a live bait um, scenario to get bluefin tuna. But now where I see schools of school bluefin tuna, those being 60 to 200 pounds cruising close to shore, this top water lures I'll drag behind my boat in close to shore. If we don't hook up there, we'll just go um, troll for bluefish or mackerel, load up the live well, go out deeper, and just drift live baits. 
And you just mentioned your boat. Let's talk a little bit about that while we're in the topic of offshore fishing. I understand it's a, a North Coast 26? Yes, sir. North Coast 26 built down in Bristol, Rhode Island. It's um, powered by twin E-Tech 225 Evan It's got a state-of-the-art Furuno electronics package and ICOM communication package. Nine-foot beam. Um, it's got a full head. My customers love it. They can walk around the boat. Uh, full access, and which is great when you're out either tuna fishing or striper fishing and the fish start busting on top. I always have spinners with top water lures ready to go. Easy access to that. And how many folks can you comfortably accommodate on a charter? Well, most charter captains are licensed, six-pack license. You allow it up to six paid customers, so I never exceed that. And six is plenty of room, plenty of room for six people on my boat. Perfect. And you also offer striped bass charters as well. We've neglected the stripers, but let's work our way back in to striped bass fishing. A lot of us, like myself this year, have had a pretty tough time. A lot of the recreational fishermen targeting, you know, keeper size fish, you know, 28, 30, 32 inches. I know myself, I'd kill just to get a 30 inch fish. And in most years, I'm by this point in the season, I've caught a 30, 40, 45 pound fish. So how has your year been and compared to others? And have you found it a little bit difficult, like myself, to find these bigger very, fish? Yeah, indeed, Kevin. Very difficult um, this time of the year. We had a, you know outstanding year, uh, followed the patterns of every year uh, since I've been doing this um, out of Barnstable. But we had a great live line, a lot of mackerel were in early and they're still around now. A great, a lot, we were live line, a lot of mackerel right out of Barnstable Harbor, then up off of Billingsgate Shoal. And along the Brewster Flats, great fishery right through all of June, uh, at least halfway through July. Then when the heat wave came, it dropped right off. We also, when the live lining, when the mackerel bite laid off, we were doing really well over there, jigging on the bottom and also high-speed trolling with hoochie. Uh, I looked at my log. I have a one of my posts with Ryan recently was about uh, keeping the log and networking. I looked at my log from last year as I prepared for my trips this year this coming weekend and we were killing him in Billingsgate Shoal last year at this time. Big striped bass on uh, trolling with hoochies or jigging on the bottom. They're gone out there now. And typically the setup is that the fish, we now start depending on the fish pouring out of the canal into the bay. Do they run through the bay then back up the canal when the tide turns? That has not happened yet. So it's uh, a little bit of a tough go. I had a day off today. I did go fishing, got a Tipping where I could find some keeper bass, and I found them pretty pretty quick order close to the harbor. So I'm um, a bit optimistic things may be starting to turn around. Do you think that some of the you know well above average water temperatures inside Cape Cod Bay may have something to do with either the bass not congregating as thickly in the bay, or maybe they're there and they're just not as active because the water temperature is so high? Definitely water temperature. Um, is uh, low to mid-70s, which is extremely high for the bay this time of year. Once that heat wave came, the water heated up, and bam, they were gone. Yeah, there's a lot of different theories. Mine, you know, in particular, I I swim, I live in, uh, you know, we'll call it uh, the west quadrant of, of Cape Cod Bay, down the southern tip of Plymouth, just only a few miles north of the canal. Okay. And and I've had, you know, multiple days where I've gone in the water and it's it's 75 degrees and I'm right. 33 years old. And for as long as I can remember, every time I've gone in and out of that water as a youngster, I, I was purple coming out because it was so cold. 
and it's just such an abnormal situation to have all these, you know, strings of days where it's literally like a bathtub inside the bay. The other variable, um, there's no doubt that the water temperature has affected the movement of the striped bass, but um, each year, it's, it's dramatic over the past two to three years how many white sharks are in Cape Cod Bay now. And I think a fraction of them are reported, but they, uh, I, I think I'm the only but charter boat captain. Otter Barnesville hasn't had a big bass eaten off the back, off the back of the boat as we're trying to get into the in, into the boat right out of the water. There's a lot of sharks there. There's more and more seals around now, and uh, the discussion is or the, uh, is that sharks are having an impact on where the bass are staying. People say people are saying that they're staying in the canal to protect themselves. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but you you can't argue something's changed. So, yeah, you must have hit the lottery. My next question was going to be, have you had an encounter with a white shark? You just mentioned you haven't had one steal a fish, but have you had any yeah, other encounters? Have you seen them out there? All Every day I see them. Every uh, Saturday I was going on, I saw two. As soon as they, one in the Bar- in the Barcelona Harbor Channel up by the number two can, and one as soon as they turned and started heading up towards Sandy Neck. Yeah, that, that's amazing, and I'm sure... You know, some of your customers, if they're on board or lucky enough to be on board, it's just going to be a thrill for them to get a glimpse of one of those white sharks, never mind catch a fish. Absolutely. Yeah, I have customers call now saying, are we going to see a white shark? I said, I can't guarantee it, but the probability is pretty high. And just uh, in case, I said, so if we're going to see one, uh, the probability is going to be when we have a fish, a fish on the line getting it near the back of the boat. The fish is tarred. It's restrained by the line. That's when the great whites come right out of nowhere and just engulf it. So I tell them, if you're not on the rod, start filming on your cell phone because you're going to catch something you'll never forget. Along those lines, when you have your customers on board and, and yourself on board and you're, you're retrieving a fish at the end of a fight and the fish is struggling and a lot of times you know, it might be bleeding depending on where it's hooked, do you have any precautions for yourself or... For your customers, you know, my own self, especially in the evening when it gets toward dusk and past, you know, sundown, I reach for the longer gaff when I'm with Ryan trying to get a fish next to the boat. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's not a captain or mate who any longer will uh, reach into the into the water and, and, and try and slide his hand in the fish's mouth or gill to bring him aboard. Um, we don't use, I, I found a lot of us have switched over to larger nets now to get the bass, big bass especially, I've lost a lot of big bass. The boat's taken a couple of swipes at them with the gaff. So since I've, I've sw- switched over to a big net, I think I'm in my third year, I've yet to lose a fish at the boat. So it's primarily nets on our boat, big long-handled net. And I tell my mate, if a shark comes and grabs a net, just let it go. Don't even try and deal with it. But we can buy another net. I do tell my customers, don't dangle your feet over the side or your, 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 your toes in the water. When we're drifting along, it's not a good idea. Absolutely. And you mentioned your charters leave out of beautiful Barnstable Harbor. That's a place that is near and dear to my heart. How late in the season will you go with your charters? And when, you know, when will you make the switch from striped bass to bluefin? And then how late will you look to to push the bluefin charters? Bluefin stick around well into uh, November, even into December. It gets a little bit cold. The big restriction on me now to charter so I have a charter head boat license, and I can sell my bluefin commercially as well. But that said, starting October 1st, no matter if I fish right off Sandy Neck, 100 feet, or out around P-Town, everybody on boat is required to have a, a survival suit. So that makes it a bit cost prohibitive at my level right yet. So 
so my, I will run my charter business uh, full bore on for Bluefin right up through the end of September. And do you still have uh, dates available, Steve, for booking? Absolutely. Yes, sir. And can you go through really quick how folks can contact you? I know that you're very involved with My Fishing Cape Cod, but if folks are interested in chartering you for the remainder of August through September, whether it be for striped bass or bluefin, what are some of the ways you know, to get a hold of you and, and secure a charter? The best way for the, the quickest turnaround is just uh, my number is um, 774-238-1011. I have my cell phone on the dash of the console of the boat when I'm out there fishing. If I can't get to you right away because I'm busy um, engaged in bringing a fish aboard, I'll get back to you really quick. And texting works very well. So if you shoot me a text or give me a call, I can communicate while I'm out there fishing and set something up. And I have my schedule with me at all times. But I try to make it very um, efficient to do business that way. I do post, try to post weekly uh, with Ryan. Actually, Ryan and I talked yesterday about starting to do some bluefin trips together on my boat. We both have a passion for catching them. We both have seen them in the lower bay. So I always said, well, why don't we just go get some? So I'm sure he'll be reporting on those as well. Yeah, so the cell phone or folks can definitely contact you through the My Fishing Cape Cod website as well and the forum as well. Absolutely. Uh, that's been a, gr- a great uh, being part of the my fishing Cape Cod community and family now has been very beneficial to me in my business. Big folks, you know, see my post, call Ryan or Lauren, and they direct them to me via my cell, and we get going on that. I have, I think, uh, three more My Fishing Cape Cod customers this weekend, and I do offer a 20% discount on my charters for My Fishing Cape Cod members. Wow, that's a great promotion. So for all of our members listening out there that, you know, are thinking about chartering Steve, an, an extra bonus for going with Wingman Charters is a 20% off discount for all active My Fishing Cape Cod members. That's that's a tremendous program, Steve. Yeah, I met some wonderful people um, through the My Fishing through that venue and the My Fishing Cape Cod family. Just great folks who love to fish and love to learn. One thing I pride myself on is I I want my customers to leave the boat knowing more than they when they first boarded the boat about fishing in particular and boating and whatever. So we have it. We we make it a, an instructional learning type. Um, venture as opposed to just a fish catching one another bonus is you know leaving out of barnstable harbor and and going out of barnstable harbor and seeing sandy neck there's not more of a scenic cruise out that you're going to get on cape cod in my opinion i hear you kevin i i uh, count my blessings every day coming and going it's it's just a gorgeous place there's so much history there i give a little spiel about um um, Sandy Neck Village, what it was years ago and what it is now. And people live there, there's no power. And it's just, um, in my in my humble opinion, Cape Barnstable Harbor is a quintessential um, Cape Cod harbor. Small, kept the way it was years and years ago and very well run. I'm blessed to be in there, to be honest with you. Well, amen to that, Steve. I want to thank you so much for sharing so much of your time with us here on the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles. It's been amazing getting to know you, and I look forward to having you on the regular My Fishing Cape Cod podcast in the near future. Okay, Kevin, thank you so much for your time. I enjoyed the chat as well. Thanks to Captain Steve Leary of Wingman Charters for joining us on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles. Captain Steve was a very gracious guest, and and hopefully everyone enjoyed our chat today and learned a little bit about the life of a charter captain. Captain Steve, again, can be reached at 774-238-1011. That's 774-238-1011. Again, that's his cell number for the business, and the best way to get a hold of him 
is calling or texting, as he always mentioned. He has his schedule on him at all times and as well as his cell phone. So if you're looking to book a charter, that's definitely the way to go. You can also hit up Captain Steve in the My Fishing Cape Cod forum as he is a valued contributor and member here at My Fishing Cape Cod. So thanks to Captain Steve, that's going to put a wraps on the third edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody, and I look forward to catching you in episode number four. Until then, tight lines and take care. Thanks for listening to the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles podcast. From all of us here at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care. For the latest information on how to fish the Cape, be sure to check out MyFishingCapeCod.com. Become a member today and receive your first month for just $1. Join us as a My Fishing Cape Cod member.